You're listening to the Vic 757 Podcast featuring Dwight and Michael Vic talking all things tech. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Vic 757 Show, talking all things tech. I'm your host, Dwight Vic, former all-conference offensive lineman from the late 90s. Alongside with me is my young cuz, MV7, Michael Vick, player of the year, Heisman finalist, Philadelphia Eagles and Atlanta Falcons. Great. We're back after taking a week off, scheduling issues, but we're back um, to talk all things tech. But um, as we talked about in preparation for this show, Mike, we want to take a moment here to shed light and show our love and um, yeah. prayers for the, the victims um, involved in the UVA tragedy. Um, as we both tweeted and everybody's been talking about it, our thoughts and prayers are with the UVA football program, the alumni, the students, the presidents, Coach Elliott, the faculty. Uh, you and I both have a lot of friends and guys we competed against um, on the collegiate and professional level um, from UVA. Um, Marcus Higgins, my guy, Elton Brown. Um, Bobby Robert, Blizzard. Bobby Blizzard. Well, Bobby Blizzard went to Kentucky. Oh, man, I'm thinking, yeah, you'll be able to die, Donnie Holly. Donnie, yeah, Dwight Holly. Yeah, those guys, yeah. Yeah, all those guys, man. But I also wanted uh, to make sure we get their names right. I want to make sure I read their names off. But Lavelle Davis Jr., uh, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. Um, May you guys rest in peace. Prayers to your family. I know there's uh, another victim that survived that just had surgery. But – um. I'm not going to speak too much on it. Just offer our thoughts and prayers. I mean, we went through it years ago, being affiliated with Virginia Tech in 2007 with the shootings, um, and it's never going to go away. But at the same time, we pray that God has healing and mercy over everybody involved. And just a sad thing, man. You know, your daughter's getting ready to go to school, Yo, um, and my daughter's a freshman at ODU, and it doesn't matter what school you're affiliated with. doesn't matter – you know, these kind of tragedies never feel right. Um, and it's sad. So we just want to take a moment to just shed shed some love and prayers on on everybody involved, man. Um just yeah. tough situation, man. You know, tough situation. Well said, Dwight, and uh condolences go out to the family and it's just tragic. Um, the world we live in and the things that we can't control nowadays, and you know, us as parents and with young kids and it's going off to college. Uh, soon, um, you know, it, it's a lot to be concerned about. And uh, I hope that um, people look at this situation and, and realize that we have to put more time and effort um, into, you know, security and making sure that we, spe- we people are safe, you know, everyone. And, uh, you know, all these things continue to happen. Like we was, uh, you know, Virginia Tech and the tragedy that happened within our school, you know, we, we, we still mourn that to this day. So, uh, we just got to continue to, you know, search for positivity, man, and uh, let that be the staple of how we live our lives. And I think I think one thing I'm very proud of, um, and, and, and this is obviously it's a tragedy and it, it's sad, but one thing I'm very proud of is that yourself, myself, um, the Virginia Tech community, the fans, the Hokie Nation, uh, Coach Brent Pry, uh, our former teammates, you know, the 
everybody involved, teachers, educators, ODU, Women Mary, Norfolk State, Hampton University, everybody across the Commonwealth, across the country. I saw Patrick Mahomes tweeting. Everybody is showing love and empathy for everybody involved. And I just, my yeah. final thought on this is I just hope even as things, you know, as we continue to move forward, not just like what you said, um, not just have more awareness and, and protocols and procedures, but we also continue to keep this empathy and this energy when it comes to respect. Obviously, yes. sports is sports and competition, and we're going to talk and compete. But when it comes to being empathetic and aware and, 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 and showing that love and respect, you can have that energy outside of the game. You know, it's just it's just it's just insane. It's just mind boggling that, you know, people get their lives taken over senseless. Um, forms of thinking, irrational thinking. So that being said, cuz we're gonna have us a positive show today and we're gonna keep the momentum yeah. going and everybody continue to spread positivity. Let's go. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. So our Hokies um are back at it, man. You know, we had a <laughs> we had a, another tough it's show. A rough week. <laughs> a rough week, man. Um we went to Duke and uh, Danny, Danny Noakes is getting ready to jump on his Noakes Noakes segment to break down that game and preview um, this weekend at Liberty. Um, it was, it was, I, I, I was watching the game on my phone and I was watching the game on TV because on Saturday afternoon I was running. Um, my son had basketball stuff. He had media day for high school. So I was watching it and I was okay. You know, we were in the game. It was uh, a three point game. We were in it. And in the second half, once again, uh, I lack a depth show. Um, I lack, you know, we didn't have penalties, but, you know, yeah. we just didn't seize the moment again, man. And, you know, now we're officially out of bowl contention. I think that was last week. And, you know, we're definitely out of it now, um, you know, with eight losses. So, um, yeah. you know, I just hope that, you know, they they have a good showing this weekend against Liberty. I mean, it's going to be tough because Liberty is eight and one. Um, they're playing great football. Um, Hugh Freeze Don't has tell me that. Focus. Liberty eight yeah. one. Yes, they eight and one. They beat oh, Arkansas. So now we're Arkansas. playing spoiler. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. This is what it is. We're playing spoiler. They they yeah. looking to go to a bowl game. Yeah. You know, a couple yeah. extra Nike bags and some cleats. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the bowl game accessories. Nah. I mean, I mean, nah. it's 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 you know, it's you gotta play spoiler. I mean, and, and truth be told, um, this very may well be because we don't know what's gonna happen with our brothers down in Charlottesville, if they, cause yeah. they, 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 they had to cancel that game rightfully. So for this weekend against Coastal Carolina, this could be the last game. This could be, you know, the last game. I know there's a lot of speculation, which you want to get into, but you know, if it is, if you a senior, you know, you better just make sure you, you make the most of it this weekend yeah. and, and, and you show yeah. out. This is essentially your bowl game against a very right. good team at Liberty. Yeah, man. It's, it's going to be quiet in Blacksburg. This offseason, uh, we're going to keep it rolling, though. We're we going to continue to, you know, keep our show going and figure out how we fix this and how we make this right. Um, it, it's amazing that yeah. um, Liberty is 8-1. That goes to show how much I'm following college football. I'm following <laughs> it. I'm catching the big games. I'm catching yeah. the most important games. Yeah. Prime time yeah. games. See, we got to get back to prime time. Yeah. It was a time yeah. when we was on at 3.30, 8, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Thursday night, <laughs> even even the game against UVA, um, yeah, on Friday nights was like publicized, like heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it was it was it was one of those things, man. Where you know, I was talking on Twitter with some fans how we used to be 
in the midst of not just in the top five, top 10, but we were, you know, a dark horse for the national championship and we were relevant. And I, I think to some degree, a lot of fans and alumni took that for granted because it was always 10, 11 win seasons at the worst, nine wins, eight wins on a down year. And now, you know, we struggling to get three wins and it's just so far removed, but you know, um, I know you can't talk too much because you got some things brewing, um, you know, but recruiting should get going. You got some things on the horizon you're working on. We can, we won't got, get too much into that. But at the same time, man, you know, we got to get those we got to get those guys that that program changes. You know, we got to get yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important. I think this is a big offseason for us. I think collectively, um, you know, we can find ways to, to find who's out there who will be considered a Virginia Tech, you know, type of player. Um, you know, I, I'm enjoying just hearing the process of how it's going right now. And especially seeing the kids that's out there. There's some very talented kids down in Virginia. I'll just say that. And abroad. And especially in Florida as well. So I think we got to, you know, just kind of, we got to look at it from a, a different landscape and start tapping into different markets and, and bring all these players together from from different places and different backgrounds and, and, and coach them up and let them rock. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I can, you know, train a couple quarterbacks this year that Tech might be interested in and get some work in with them and get them ready for the next level. So that, you know, the, our yearly quarterback camps is considered, is consistent and considered to be one of the best. So, you know, we've kept it under wraps for the last couple of years, but we're going to make a splash this year. So hopefully Tech uh, like some of the guys that that's out there and maybe, maybe want to, you know, bring in a quarterback or two. Yeah, well, you know, you mentioned quarterback. You know, Tech fans going to perk up, you know, because yeah. that's always a topic with Virginia Tech fans uh, yeah. since you left and Gerard Evans and guys like that. But speaking of greatness, we got a great guy who comes in always when he joins the show. My guy Danny Noakes, man, is here uh, for his segment. No Noakes, man. Uh, 106.7 fans, the own. Danny Noakes, how you doing, Danny? Danny I'm Danny. doing good. I'm doing good, gentlemen. How are we this week? Doing all right. We're good, man. We just we just paid homage um to to the UVA uh, uh yeah. football players and their families. I mean, you can never do enough and say enough, but I know you've been aware and been following it, man. So, did you have a few thoughts that you want to say before we jump into your segment? Yeah, man. I just I, I wanted to extend you know our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers, everything, because um you know it's obviously a, a senseless tragedy that happened on, on campus over there in Charlottesville not too long ago. And it's it's unfortunately for us at Virginia Tech, a, a familiar feeling that we are uh, all we know all too well, you know, especially uh, for for someone like me. I live with someone that was on campus at, at Virginia Tech in 2007. I wasn't there myself, but um, I know it brings up a, a lot of bad memories. And, and for those that obviously at, in Charlottesville right now still going through it, um, you know, we're here for you and and we support you. Uh, just it's a horrible, horrible situation. And, um, you know, just hoping that everyone can find some comfort at some point in, in the hopefully not too distant future. Absolutely, man. Well said. And I agree wholeheartedly, man. Um, you know, Danny, again, great joining on, jumping on. Man. I just want to make sure we read um, the Hall of Fame Sports promo that sponsors your segment. Hall of Fame Sports has been a sponsor for us this season. Uh, they put on the biggest show in Cooperstown, featuring all of the baseball Hall of Famers. They do events in New York and New Jersey with basketball and football's biggest stars. And they bring athletes to events all over the country. Like, follow, and subscribe. 
to their social media at Hall of Fame Signings. They're also on Twitter. Make sure you stop by the website for all future signing and updates and events. And if you can't get there, mail them the paraphernalia and they can get it signed for you. So, Danny, um, once again, thank you for those thoughts. It's great to see you. We were off last week. Um, I know you saw Tech. I know you've had mixed emotions because your Hokies let you down, but your Washington uh, Commanders <laughs> had that big win over Mike's Eagles. That's right, Mike. That's <laughs> so right. you had a... That was shocking. <laughs> it, was, it shocked us all, dude. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I had some, I had some plays this this game on Fanduel on Monday night, and and they were not in favor of the Commanders. That's what we, that's what we up in DC like to call the emotional hedge, because we don't often see our teams win, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, but you know, here, here they are, man. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting hard this year. I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but mm -hmm. I will say it was cool to see Heineke. He's a great story, and they play hard for him. But we're talking all things Tech, and um, Virginia Tech, unfortunately, um, continues their trend of losing. Um, they had two tough losses, one-point losses to NC State and Georgia Tech. Um, both games, they you really can argue should have won. I don't think even the other teams would disagree with us. You know, Tech had both games locked in. Then they went to Duke, and they were in that game as well. And then the bottom fell out, and they lost to Duke. First time since I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was the first time since 1981 Duke has beaten Virginia Tech in Durham. Um, mm. So all types of disappointment. But Pry and his staff continue to feel like they're close. Um, you know, I talked to Pearson Prelo. He feels like, you know, the, the young guys are stepping up, and it's just a matter of time. But what are your thoughts about that game? And, you know, as we move forward to, you know, finish up the season, what are you, what are you thinking and what are you seeing? Yeah, I think we're at the point where reality has set in, right guys. I mean, you know, we were sitting here at the beginning of the season projecting somewhere between six and eight wins, just depending on how optimistic you were. And now Virginia tech is, is probably not going to win more than three. I anticipate that, Virginia Tech and UVA will probably get canceled and understandably so because of what the Cavaliers and their program and the school overall are dealing with. That's more than understandable, actually, if you ask me. So that would make this Liberty game coming up on Saturday, Virginia Tech's last game of the season. And and I'm just going to move forward with with that mindset because that's just kind of where it seems like things are trending sure. right now. Yeah. Um, but with there being seven losses in a row, this is we're in unprecedented territory. I mean, this is not something that that even I think in, at Beamer's worst times, uh, at Fuente's worst times, you know, and, and that encapsulates my lifetime as as a person and certainly as a as someone that went to Virginia Tech. Uh, we, we've never been here before. And um, I think at some point and, and we've probably talked about this at some point, there was going to need to be a, a full rebuild at Virginia Tech because the Hokies, that program is just a, a school that's not going to just sort of inherit what it needs to in terms of recruiting and resources and everything that, that goes into the, what makes you a juggernaut in college football today. Yeah. And it, it takes a lot. It takes, it takes more than even a village to, to make that happen. So I think Brent Pry really inherited a tough situation here between there being so many guys that have left over the last couple of years, left guys that left after Justin Fuente did and, and, being a new, a brand new head coach, bringing in brand new offensive and defensive coordinator, it it all really seems to have shown itself more and more each week. And 
you know, the, the Duke game looked worse than the Georgia Tech game, which, you know, maybe was even a little bit more frustrating than NC State because, Dwight, like you said, they, man, they had the both NC State and Georgia Tech beat dead to rights. And, and really, it feels like either one of those games, particularly NC State, though, because it was a road game, they were a ranked team at the time, and that really seemed like it could be a signature win for, for Brent Pry in his first year. And it just it slipped away so quickly. And the same thing happened against Georgia Tech, but that was a home game. And that was a much less talented Georgia Tech team, even if NC State was missing a, a lot of guys, particularly the starting quarterback. We talked about how Virginia Tech, we could we could stomach, I think as a fan, we can stomach losing games in a, in a season like this where we just laid out everything that Brent Pry is going through and he's inherited. But the key was that they would be getting better each week. And I don't necessarily see them improving in any facet of the game, right? Whether it's the defensive or offensive side of the ball. I'm, I'm watching them slip nationally in their offensive ranking and their defensive ranking. They went from 118 to 120 in the country on offense. I mean, out of 131 FBS teams, you're telling me that there's only 11 teams beneath Virginia Tech? There's no way, even in your worst season, that that should ever be acceptable. And I, I think the coaching staff shoulders that. I think that they understand that that we are now in, in uncharted waters. But the defense is starting to slip, too, and, and that was supposed to be Brent Price strong suit. So, um, you know, if if there's anything to look forward to in this Liberty game, it's that you would hope they're going to turn it loose and that they have nothing left to lose <laughs> probably going to be their last game of the season and they just go out and play like their hair's on fire because i mean let's be real there's the 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 procedural issues all the penalties all the undisciplined stuff it's still happening you know yeah. and and it's 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 really tough to to watch this you know my thing is i i really look at this and feel like the nc state loss and the georgia tech loss was was deflating. Like we was in a position that we was gonna win those games and, and everything was going well. And it's like if you could just hold on, hold on, this would be, I mean, honestly, signature wins. And you know, when those things happen, you know, guys started to look around in the locker room and the way you know this, you, you you just hope that the message is not getting lost now from a coaching standpoint. Because, you know, after a while, it starts to sound repetitive. Well, we'll do it next week. But next week, we got to do this. And now you're thinking, okay, next week, I got to be better. I got to do mm -hmm. And it's the same It's the same thing. And, you know, these, these the losses in college football, they, they they are so devastating just to the mind, body, and soul that, you know, even these young men, you know, feel the raft of, you know, just media and, and pressure. And, and, and so you, you can start to tank. I just... I'm ready to get this Liberty game going. Hopefully we we win this game and, and we can feel good about it going into the offseason because like you said, Dan, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna finish the season up with UVA and uh rightfully so. But hopefully that message is not getting lost and guys are staying optimistic, even in tough times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Danny, yeah, I agree. You go ahead, Danny, go ahead. Yeah, I, I I was just gonna say it, you know, we we've we've placed 
we've told we've talked about how everybody shares part of the blame right i i think in our last show we talked about how when it comes to some of these procedural issues right false starts and you know getting lined up correctly it it a lot of it does fall on the players because you have to execute to a certain point but obviously the the coaching staff has has you know mismanaged certain parts of the game uh and and they haven't been particularly prepared going into some of these matchups but if you like when it comes to optimism and and going into this Liberty game, Liberty's eight and two. They're they're a very good football team. They got a good defense. Eight and two. Yep. Okay. Eight, I apologize. That's the early day we eight one. They're eight and two. I'm sorry. You're, yeah. So Go they ahead. just lost to UConn. Their only two losses are to Wake That's Forest. Right. Wake Forest, wow. obviously, we know is a good football team, and and UConn, who's having a who's having a surprisingly good season. Yeah. 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 So. This this could also be a signature win for Virginia Tech. I, I I'm not trying to place any expectations on this game or or the fan base. You guys should expect them to win this game. I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm definitely not expecting Virginia Tech to win this game. But that could play into their favor. You know, we just talking about how they they go out there kind of nothing to lose, hairs on fire. That's something that that you could at least you know get get fired up to go and play an in-state rival at this point when a team that beat you the last time that that you were playing on on their turf and and probably should have won that game considering Fuente called that timeout uh when they returned that they returned the block field goal for a touchdown <laughs> you know um yeah that was a boy you bringing up a painful one because you know, know they, they won that game and then everyone looks and coach Fuente called that timeout mm -hmm. this you know the thing about this team and you know we're all connected to Virginia Tech, the university, especially the football program. Um, the one thing I've noticed is that uh, many of the younger guys um, that 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 are like redshirt freshmen and sophomores, when given the opportunity, have made some plays. This is not to dismiss the Dax Hollyfields or the Tisdale, who the, the linebacker said he's coming back, you know, because mm -hmm. he has that COVID year, which I'm happy to see. Uh, he's he's a very good player. He'll be big for them next year. But like the kid Tucker Holloway returns a 90-yard punt return. Um, you have that kid, number 21, the redshirt freshman linebacker that had the batted ball, and then he got the pick six against, um, you know, Georgia Tech. Um, there there have been some flashes. I just feel like culturally, um, you know, after this season with recruiting and also the offseason, I've never really been part of a rebuild. I've been part of a building. You know, Mike and I, you know, helping Beamer start that run. But I do think, you know, back when I played on all levels, the culture, the leadership is what kind of gets that program going. And I just, you know, the theme I've said in the offseason leading up to our show and other platforms, including when I jumped on with you, Danny, on 106 is, um, you know, learning how to win and knowing how to win are two different things. Knowing how to win is one of those things where it doesn't matter the deficit. You know, yeah. we, we can talk about Mike's and, and Deshaun and those guys years ago in the Miracle in the Meadowlands, too, against the Giants. When you watch Mike and them play, it didn't matter. They just felt like they were going to win. Same thing when him and Sharon and those guys played at Tech or when I played or Danny, you covered teams, you know, in NBA or the Nats and, you know, and, and, and the Washington Commanders. When you have a team that knows how to win versus learning how to win, there are two different things. And, and teams that are learning how to win, you know, it's a process, and it's a painful process for fans. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Danny. Um, you know, again, um, you cover this team. When you look at Brent Pry and you look at his staff, um, when you look at what they've established, some some bright spots. 
you know, you talk about it trending in the wrong direction, but just to give some fans some silver lining, something to hold on to, which might be just a couple of things. What are some things I mentioned Tucker Holloway and some a few other things? What are some things that you think going into the offseason they can build on? Well, it's, you know, Tucker Holloway is, is particularly an interesting situation because I, I the last time I heard they were still undecided on whether or not they were going to pull his red shirt. You know, he now that the red shirt rules are a little bit more lenient where you a guy can play, I think, in up to four games and, four games, and, four and games. still um, yeah be able to hold on to his red shirt. That's that's great. And I, and I think that that's that's probably how it should be. Um He's he's obviously has potential to be an explosive player. I mean, he returned. He had a huge play in a in a major ACC game, at least for Virginia Tech. It obviously it wasn't top tier Power Five competition right there. But he's he's still a guy that you know warrants some consideration for being a key contributor going forward to this program, right? And and what Dwight you ask about what what other things that that we can be optimistic about as as we head towards the off season and and it's going to be the off season here in the next couple of weeks no matter what cuz Virginia Tech's not going to go to a bowl this year unfortunately, but you know a few shows ago I talked about how if you look at the recruiting rankings for and and rankings are all, you know, subjective, right? It's a lot of it's opinion based and there's no perfect way to go about it. But if you look at the recruiting rankings in the state of Virginia and there was a color coded graph that I yeah. had come across my timeline uh, a few weeks ago and there was a lot of blue and white for Penn State. There was some blue and orange for UVA there. You know, we're, we're a couple of other schools, too, from the SEC. There was some Alabama in there. Uh, but the but the color that was most frequent on there was sitting right in the middle of the graph. And it was maroon and orange and it was Virginia Tech. And I think that so far the strength of this staff has been in, in their ability to recruit and their ability to get out and talk to these high school coaches to, to, you know, get in the schools, to go and watch these kids play. They're establishing relationships. You know, they're they're putting roots down. They're putting uh, they're they're building relationships and they're good at that. So I think they need to continue to leverage their ability to, you know, connect with these these coaches and these and these student athletes and try and get the guys that are going to fit what their vision is for the future of Virginia Tech football. You know, Danny, I know Mike might have one last question, but I'll just say this, man. I know it was trending a few weeks ago after. Uh, the loss to Georgia Tech, we got to commit from Highland Springs. Yeah. Um, and then on top of it, Lauren Johnson's son, one of the high-profile recruits out of Highland Springs who had uh, several D1 offers, it just popped up. He put together a a video, you know, Mike tweeted, retweet. We Everyone was retweeting it, and it was a video of all the commits so far telling Hokie Nation to stay together. Hold on. We got this. Hold on. We're help yeah. is on the way, so to speak. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. I've been following tech. I follow Oklahoma, Alabama, Tennessee. I love college football. I've rarely, if if I ever seen a video put together by high school commits telling the fan base that we are going to change this thing. Help is on the way. Uh, did you see that, Danny? I did. And, and I was just so blown away because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to overhype anyone. I don't want to place, you yeah, know, I know what any you I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give anybody any accolades before that they've played any downs, but just hearing 
Lauren Johnson, and we've talked to him, Dwight. Mike, you've talked to him too, but yeah. you know, we, we had him on the podcast earlier this year and hearing him talk about his son Braylon. I know he's I know he's he's it, it's an interesting balance that he has to 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 do because he's his son, but he's also one of his best players. So there's there's hard coaching there, but you have to know where to separate it. I have high hopes for that young man, and and I think that he is a natural born leader. and And we'll see when he gets to campus. We'll see again. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Pierce I think, Prello, I think the video was a good was example. A, it was a good example. Pearson Prello said he's one of the smartest guy, and he's not at Tech yet. Just a smart guy, and we're looking to have Pearson Prello and Coach DJ on yeah. on on our upcoming episode. So, um, no, I just you know. I'm, I was very intrigued by that video, and I was like, wow. Because there's some guys, I, I, I'll, I'll say it on the Vic 757 show, talking all things tech. I'm high on Braylon, and it's not me being biased because Lauren Johnson is my brother. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play. I follow Holland Springs. I saw them against Stonebridge. I'm also high on the kid uh, at uh, Battlefield High School in Haymarket, Virginia, up here where I'm at. Caleb Woodson is 6'4", linebacker slash safety. Um, he is a specimen. Yeah. Um, and he is a guy that fits that lunch pail. He's a big physical guy. He can play both sides. So he. What about the offensive him. side of the ball? Well, we got any we got, offensive um, commits, any quarterbacks, a, any receivers, any the court, like, the quarterback. The quarterback. I'm not worried about defense. I'm not worried <laughs> about defense. <laughs> I need I'm, I'm talent. Just saying, I'm just points. Gonna call it I'm not worried about where's the <laughs> offense. We need points. We, we do. We do. Well. One. And, Go ahead, and that, Go ahead, yeah, Danny. that and you know what, Mike, that should be the concern, right? Because the deep yes. the, the offense is is the unit that is ranked 120th out of 131 Ooh. FPS teams yeah. right now. You bad, know, the, the defense bad. the defense gets gashed, and the, yeah, you know, they, they they've had their struggles, but you know they've been top 50 for most of the year. Yeah. I think they're sitting at like 62. They're tired, right now. but they're they they're get, tired they because tired. they're always on the field. Say they get tired, like so. So we need some sustainable drives. Right. We need a dual threat quarterback. Let's go. Yeah. It, it's I mean, time. Yeah. Like, you know, we, you. one thing we're not going to do on this show, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. Especially nah, man. Nah, we're going to nah, talk about not. what the necessities are. <laughs> we we're going to go out and find the groceries, baby. We Pry, need some playmakers. Pry, yeah. Pry's, Pry's vision for Virginia Tech is similar to what we saw in the early 2000s. He wants to play good defense and he wants to run the football. And I think that you you do that by having a good offensive line. You have good tailbacks. Yeah. But as Mike said, you also have someone that can well, get upfield at quarterback, someone that can, yeah. is a dual threat player. Yeah, and when, you, and when you when you're taking on that type of philosophy, your offense got to be catered towards those type of run sets. Like, it's not to get too football complicated, but you gotta go, you gotta go old school football. You gotta go, you know, one tight end, two backs, two receivers. Like we, we spent a lot of time in that because we was a run oriented team where, you know, you go one receiver, one back, three, you know, three receivers, one, one tight end, one back, and you spread them out, but you gotta, you gotta add a fullback. You know, if you're gonna be hard nosed, you gotta have a fullback, H back type of guy, and then you mm-hmm. gotta you can't be in a shotgun all the time. Mm-hmm. So no. I'm not going to try to coach from afar, no. but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no. that's just football one-on-one. No. Run the football, yeah. play defense. So, you yep. know, it's, the offense got to be catered around um, making sure you put these players in the best position, if that's the philosophy. No doubt. Well, well, look, playmakers, man, and I'll say this about the offense because Mike's right, and the offense has been – an issue all year long, you know, and the, and the defense eventually has worn down. Football is a, college football is a long but quick season, but the games, you know, you don't have death in the shows. 
But when I look at the offense, you know, it's every every game they'll have a big play or a nice drive, but then when they have a chance to seize the moment, you know, blitz pickup is very poor. Passing off stunts is very poor amongst the offensive right. line. Uh, Grant Wells is holding the ball too long, indecisive. Yeah. He throws the short route too hard and not soft enough, and then he doesn't have a changeup. Um, you know, you have a chance to get a first down, you step out of bounds, drop balls, mm. uh, lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. So scheme aside, um, playmaking, people think, you know, Deion Sanders, Mike Vick, you know, Ryan Williams, D'Angelo Hall. Playmaking is making plays when you're supposed to make a play, yeah. including a block, including a catch, including diving for a first down, making sure you know where to go, not jumping off sides, not false starting, making plays in the red zone, coaches calling a play that makes sense, not wasting a timeout. That is what I've seen and have seen throughout this losing streak. And it's, it starts all over the offense. And they know it. They've taken ownership, but – you got to get playmakers and talent, but you also got to have guys that make plays. I mean, I'm an offensive lineman. I watch the O-line every play. They have the size and ability and athleticism, but awareness and blitz pickup has been lacking. I mean, there's times when, you know, you can go to every game, even going back to ODU, when you you just don't have enough and and, and those things cost you. And um, they got to fix it. And that's not really about just the recruiting piece. That's more so taking ownership. But, you know, yep. Mike is right. You got to get the guys in here. Um, it'll be interesting because I'll say this, Danny, and um, I'll let you wrap up with, you know, your response to this. Um, I check in with Coach Pryor throughout the season. Hey, you know, keep keep those guys locked. I don't like to bother coaches during the season because that's a tough job. He's got everybody, mm -hmm. interviews, recruiting, parents, you know, making sure guys are going to class. But I will say this. Um whether you have Virginia Tech or UVA or Maryland, whether you are the head coach, after the offseason, you have to self-evaluate and make tough decisions. And that means whether you move a guy from offense to defense or you make a personnel change or you change up with play calling or you demote a guy, Beamer had to do it. Yep. Other coaches had to uh -huh. do it. Um. Do you think Coach Pry? I know you don't know Coach Pry, and I know this is his first year and at Penn State. He was a coordinator. Um, do you think he's going to have to make some tough decisions this offseason? I don't mean that, and that doesn't mean for people listening and watching, fire everybody. I mean mm -hmm. just tough decisions. Do you think that's coming up on the horizon? I, I don't think that you have a season like the one that Virginia Tech has had. Again, I'm going to bring up that number 120, and, and I'm going to reiterate it because at what point? In the last 30 years, has Virginia Tech's offense been that bad? Has it ever been this bad? Because I can't remember a point in, in time over the last 30 years where it's been this bad. I don't think that there's any way that you can't be in a position to make some of those tough decisions. And and I'm also not going to sit here and just clamor for everybody's job because I, I don't think it's that simple. There's there's so many different factors at play here that it's not one of them. You know, Dwight, you were just talking about how the offensive line struggles to to pick up the blitz sometimes they they can't figure out those stunts pass guys off they 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 can't figure that out but then grant wells is making he's he's being indecisive he holds onto the ball too long everybody shares part of this right and and the coaching staff is is certainly they got to be at the top actually right that the coaches have to answer to this stuff first so i think you know there's got to be a long hard look in the mirror this offseason mm -hmm. right you mm -hmm. if if you're brent pry you came in 
you came in as a brand new head coach. You knew that there was going to be struggles, right? But then you went and hired two brand new offensive and defensive coordinators in, in Tyler Brown and Chris Mark, guys that had no experience being a coordinator. So where are you going to inject that new philosophy, that new energy into your offense? Because the, whatever was, was in place this year is, is not working, you know, and maybe that changes as they start to bring some of their recruits in, but you're not going to get five years like Frank Beamer got it in before, you know, it, he's really started to turn things around. You're not going to get that long. That's not how college football works anymore. What have you done for me lately is how it works. And so I, I don't know if, if everybody has to lose their job and, and first of all, let's pump the brakes there because, you know, there are people clamoring for all sorts of, folks' jobs, including Brent Prize, and yeah. you guys yeah. got to understand, and I'm not talking to, to Dwight and Mike, because I know you guys understand, but yeah. Virginia Tech doesn't have the pockets to buy out Brent Prize after one year. We're not even, yeah, we're not even talking Come on that now. Nonsense, yeah, man. That's people... That them fans, I don't even pay. That's we can't even fans. go down that road right yeah, that's, now. Like, that's, that's and, 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 honestly, I'm committed to Coach Pry. Like, yo, me too. Whatever we got to do, whatever we got to do, we we all are. And 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 that, I just I th I think it's you know that's obviously the the section of the fan base that that is very loud, but um they're they're actually they're actually <laughs> very though. They, they're they, very and, and we we expect that because sure. look that's. You know, expectations from it comes in all forms and definitely got to come direct from the fan base. So we got to appreciate that. The bottom line is it's not acceptable. Right. right. And, and and that's what that's ultimately what it comes down to. I, I, I'm not I don't I'm not saying that Bowen or Marv have have to be demoted, you know, and I don't I don't necessarily think that either one of them will be off the staff next year. Uh, but there, there are obviously something has to change. And I don't know that a bunch of new recruits are going to do that. You're going to have to look at some different ways to to move the football, to protect the quarterback, to yeah, play defense. That's what I mean. that's don't what I mean. don't make that. me go pull out that 1999 playbook, <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, go I, I got, I got seven. Matter of fact, I got, I got 12 playbooks, man, including that 99 playbook. Wow. And it's real, it's really simple. There's nothing complicated about it. Make my way up to the Berg and we can talk yeah. about it. Hey, look, man, I'm for whatever works, man. But, Danny, this has been great as always. We thank Good you, guys, for to go. Yeah. We're up against the clock. We got to bring our guest on. But um, uh, once again, man, congrats on your win against Mike's Eagles. Um, <laughs> I know you are hype. <laughs> the commanders, I call them the Commodores sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> the commanders, no, no, no. I mean, I'll, no, no. They look good, man. Yeah, I'm Team Heineke, man. Your boy. Uh, I love Ron, Heineke. Ron, Ron, Ron. Coach Ron's got a tough decision yeah. to make. Tough no, decision. he don't. No, he doesn't. No, no, don't. Yeah, no, okay. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. It's Heineke. It's Heineke. And Well, and you know. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was go just going to say, tune in 6.30 to 10 on Friday, 106.7 The Fan. I'll tell you all about why why Heineke should is. be the guy the rest of there the year. There you go. Yeah. There you go. For everybody in the DMV, man, check him out. Danny Noakes, 106.7 The Fan, D.C. He's great. Friday night, put him on your radio, XM Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever, your phone. He's got a great, <laughs> great show, man. Danny, thank you, man. Be thank safe. You, thank you all. Love you guys. See you later. All right, man. Yeah, too bad. That's Danny Noakes joining us, man. Um, as always, man. Hey, 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 hey Dwight. Yeah. My brother just texted me, man. I know th this is this is good for what we do. He wanna know how can he tune in right now? Cause this boy Emo about to come on. Well, he's gonna have to <laughs> we're recording it, so he's gonna have to see it. That that goes to show how much he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Emo is boy, man. As a matter of fact, 
I'm, yeah. I'm letting Shout out to Mark. Mark going to come on in, in the next couple weeks, too. I want I want tell. Yeah, tell he already Mark. said he was coming. It's a tell done deal. I want him on. I want him on. Yeah. I want yeah. I want Marcus on because that's 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 my guy. And Mark is must-see TV, must-listen radio, man. So yeah. when we tell, text him back, come out, tag him. It'll be on, you know, all the platforms. He can watch yeah. demo. What's yeah. going on, gentlemen? Yo, what's up, fellas? What's up, baby? We got two great guests, two phenomenal guests. They've been flexible with us, man. We had to call some audibles yesterday. We got one of the greatest linebackers in Virginia Tech football history, Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame linebacker Ben, ben Taylor. Taylor. One of the best, and also one yeah. of my favorite running backs, man, from the 703 up here where I live now, Nova, Mike Emo. Emo's in the building. What's good, gentlemen? What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Thanks for having me, bro. What's good? What's good, yeah. Emo? Long time no see, baby. Oh, man. Life is good. I can't can't call it at all, man. Just put these kids down. Finally getting a second to myself. Favorite time of night. Every day. Uh, you got the kids in bed early. <laughs> yes, sir. They got to go. Yeah, my kids don't go. go to bed at 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Yeah. You know, they got to go to bed, man. My dad would call me out of bed, wake me up. I'd be up till 12, 15 with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, give me hey, a man. I'm to stay up too. I, you know what I mean? But I just I just want them to sleep. <laughs> hey, um, Mike, Emo, Emo, man. Uh, Mike, as you guys were coming on, as y'all logging on, Marcus was texting them saying, hey, man, how can I listen? How can I see it? I said, we we air the show tomorrow. Um, so, you know, you and I were talking yesterday, tripping about, uh, y'all connection and y'all brotherhood, man. So you know you got a fan and Mark, man. He's he's psyched to see you on, man. It's oh, good man. to have you on. <laughs> man, I'm happy to see Ben. Ben, I ain't seen you in so long, man. What? Yeah, how you doing fun. and where you at, Ben? Talk to me. Uh, I'm living up here in Winchester, Virginia, not far from uh, Mike. You know, I'm I'm a little bit out west trying to stay out. You mean, out me, you, mean me, you mean me? Yeah, you mean me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually saw each other at the uh, where are we at the bounce house, the uh, uh Sky Zone. We took Sky a picture. Zone, yeah. yeah, I was there with yeah. one of my my clients in the Victory Life program, and you came and we caught up, and I hadn't seen you, man, yeah. probably since probably since Middle Drill. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I saw Mike. Don't bring back old memories. Yeah, and Mike, I, you know, we were both inducted in the Hall of Fame in, in 2017. Yeah. I think it was the last time we kind of rolled into yeah. Taylor, but uh, you know, it's it's you know, four kids. I don't I don't get back to tech nearly as much as I'd like to because there's something going on every Saturday. There's you know, just like everybody, we're in that stage of life, and it's uh, you know, it's just busy. It's hectic. Right. All right. Yeah. No well, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No man. No what doubt. About well, you, go ahead, Emo. I'm uh, I'm in, I'm in. Loudoun County, so I'm in Leesburg, so probably you know 20, 30 minutes outside of DC, up in Northern Virginia. Man, I have a I'm financial advisor now, Edward Jones, been there for the last ten years, and uh, nice. So Ben, nice. my Ben, my I didn't know you were in Winchester because my brother lives in Winchester, right? Uh, yeah, I've followed your nephew, uh, you, know, okay. you know, Hanley. Yeah, he balling. He was a stud, and then you know down at William and Mary, and I've ran into your brother actually a couple times here and there. We actually go to the same church, Victory Church, so okay. seen, I've seen him from time to time. So there's definitely a connection there. I had no awesome. idea, man. I didn't know you were awesome. right down. The road. We're always in town. That's that's that's, yeah. that's awesome. Well, I've been teaching for the last twelve years at, at a high school, 
And uh, this year I, I just stepped back. I have several rental properties and, and my side hustle was getting bigger than my main and, and trying to do all the crazy stuff. So <laughs> that's back. a good thing. Listen, this is this is great. And this is why I love having the former players on on the Hokie Way spotlight, because the thing about it is, is that fans know us as years ago. They cheered us on as athletes and we had great plays. But you guys are great fathers and great professionals. I mean, that's huge. And that's what Absolutely. it's all about, man. That's 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 the, that's the impact. But let me read this. Speaking of Hokie, let me read this promo before we get into you know the, the Hokie trivia and all the stuff we're gonna jump into. Hokie Way is sponsoring this uh, segment of Mike Emo and Ben Teller. The Hokie Way is an independent nonprofit organization that will create active engagement for Virginia Tech student athletes for charitable goals. Um, to include, excuse me, raising funds to support charitable organizations across the Commonwealth through active engagement of Virginia Tech student-athletes. That includes the NIL, name, image, and likeness. So we want to thank those guys um, in the Hokie Way sponsoring this segment. So Mike Emo, um, Ben Taylor, man, you guys, you know, you guys came after me, um, and I was a big fan of watching you guys play Emo. I still remember you in that big game on the road against North Carolina when you set that rushing record. I think it was later broke a few years later by Darren Evans, but – you were in your bag that day, man, and you were killing them. That whole year, man, you and Cedric Humes were thunder and lightning. You led uh, Virginia Tech to an ACC championship. Ben Taylor, you were you were a guy I was a big fan of. I remember going up to Philly, uh, watching you and Mike, you know, secure the conference title at Temple. You decapitated, decapitated two guys, back-to-back -back hits that would get you – targeted and kicked out oh, the game now. I've been gone a long time. And you know what I mean? <laughs> it was the same guy actually. Yeah. It was the same what? guy. So so I it turned out I didn't have anything against him. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, but you guys are fan favorites, man. And you know, we obviously love our Hokies. Um I know you guys are familiar with Brent Pride. We just had Danny Noakes on from 1067 the fan DC talking about the um the hardships we're rebuilding, but we we all feel like he's the right guy to lead us. But we were all very fortunate to be part of some legendary and historic Virginia Tech football teams, man. Um, I'll give you guys both a chance to talk about, you know, your time, because I know fans appreciate that, even though we yeah. moved on. Um, Emo, I'll start with you, man. You know, as I mentioned, you were a great back. I remember you you returned to kickoff one game. Um, I know you're back. I know your history. <laughs> and um, you, you, you were small, but you played big. And um, – I still remember, you know, against Maryland on Thursday night, you shook that linebacker. You shook him bad. Um, I think he ended up playing for the Chargers. Um, you remember that run? It was on Thursday. Y'all beat Maryland. Y'all beat Maryland fifty-five to six. But those are my memories, man. Emo, what do you remember about your days in the Berg, man? I mean, I mean, you nailed them though, right? You nailed them. I mean, game-wise, um, it's tough, right? Because, because, I mean, I think I had a great career, but then at the same time, you know, you just think about. Like naturally, your brain spins you sometimes into like what could be in different situations and scenarios, um, and that sometimes is tough. Sometimes tough and like overwhelming. So when you tell me about those things, I'm like, I'm like yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah, that was that was it was awesome. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I mean we were good. Like we were really, really, really good. Who was your quarterback? Yeah. And I had B. Randall. B. B. Randall. Yeah, B. Randall. Okay. And you know, B. Randall was a winner now. So, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just a flat out, flat out winner. We had we had a lot of guys, Eddie Royal, Jimmy Williams, Josh Morgan, you know D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo. I mean, we had a lot of guys. So yeah, right? yeah very talented football team. Very talented yeah. football team. And then and then and then you spent time with KJ? I spent time with, I swear to you, I don't know if anyone had at tech had a better spot than what I had to see what I got to see. Cause I got Kevin, KJ, I got Lee. And then I got, got to see Brandon Orr. Wow. Right. So I'm in between all that. I'm the worst one of all them guys. If you ask me. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Them guys are both amazing. So like the things I used to see in practice used to just absolutely blow my mind. Yeah. Like, like absolutely blow my mind about them guys, man. Like I, I that, that that's sometimes for me with watching Virginia Tech, sometimes that's what hurts. Yeah. You know, the most. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm going through, I'm like, man, it was like 20 years of like just back after back after back. And you was going hell on wheels dealing with us. Yeah. And uh but football's changed. So yeah. you know, I guess I can't I thought it was still about blocking and tackling though, but you know, they tell me it's changing. Ben can tell us about tackling. <laughs> a little bit. Ben, what about you, Ben? What you remember? Well, I tell you what, you know, I, I think of all the coaches and the good teammates. I mean, we had such great chemistry for those, you know, those years that we were there. Uh, and you talk about your running backs coach, Coach Height. You know what I mean? The same. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that brotherhood that you guys had, I mean, it showed, like you said, 20 years. And Coach Height was a major part of that. And. And just how he approached, you know, he, he he knew what was important and what wasn't important, what he would get you for what he wouldn't. And I think we had a lot of guys like that. And during my time, I think we had a lot of guys that were, you know, we kind of had a chip on our shoulder a little bit uh, to, yeah. to a lot of extent. And I think that's a lot of what Tech was kind of built on. You know, I wasn't a highly recruited guy. You kind of got a last-minute scholarship, came in in the spring. Uh, Mike, maybe even you, you know, you weren't highly recruited. Hey. And, and right. Mike Vick, I mean, Ronald Curry was, over, you know, overshadowing you yeah. in many respects. So. I think, you know, we had a lot. Andre Davis did not have, you know, he was a soccer guy and a track guy out of New yeah. York. I mean, yeah. there's some guys, if we go through the, that had something to prove. And I, and I feel like, you know, if we can kind of get back to that a little bit, um, you know, I, I mean, it's tough. It's it's tough because the the world we live in, you know, you got to have all these rankings and all this kind of stuff with stars. But, uh, you know, my time just, you know, there was so much good chemistry and, and we had so many good people. Um and just everybody kind of looking out for you, pulling in the same direction. Yeah. Uh, so that that was kind of my. my it's it's funny being say that Dwight, because I mean, if you look at our teams, bro, we just had an unbelievable ship on our shoulder. You talking about? We was hungry and and so humble. Yeah. At the oh, same yeah. time, like we was we was a humble group. Yeah. But I don't like to look at it like this, but you know, we wasn't all highly recruited. I don't know if we was the if we was the get the guys that UVA didn't want. Right. It's like UVA took their pick and then Tech got the rest. Of it. And I felt yeah. like I seen that trend and it just made me different towards yeah. UVA and, and college football in general. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent And and I think that was a huge part of our success. You know, and Coach Foster, you know, the GOAT, you know, he he played on that too. And and you know, it, amazing at pushing people and, and using every uh you know, every challenge, he didn't call them challenges. They were all opportunities to show who you are yeah. and what you could be. 
and that was our walkthroughs, you know, down to Radford, uh, Radford Inn. Uh, I mean, the yeah, thing yeah. is changing. I mean, we our, our late night meal was two chicken sandwiches and a ginger ale. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Yo, that's wild. Mike, y'all, you guys started like a crazy wave afterwards. Like, from what you guys did, you guys, the foundation you guys laid was crazy because it was like, you know, like you said, at first it was like, you know, we would get the leftovers at Tech. But then it was like, I don't want, this is, if you if you were a guy in Virginia, you know, like, you want to go to Tech. Yeah, yeah. Real. Like, I, I almost feel like Ahmad Brooks and Percy Harvin were the ones that kind of, like, slipped through the cracks. But outside of those guys, they were coming to Tech for a good period of time. Like, we had uh, we had to stay on lock after. But that was because of what y'all, you know, the chip on y'all had on y'all shoulder, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Emo, you're right, man. And, and those guys you mentioned, um, you and Ben both, the guys that didn't come but the guys that came, I think that's the beauty, the beautiful part, you know, about creating a legacy, a brotherhood that that is eternal with the coaches, the alumni, but especially amongst us as players. Um, I'm going to ask you guys an a, a interesting question, and you can answer any way you want, man. Um, ben, I'll start with you first. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we're, I'm the OG and, you know, whatever. You know, I talk to the young guys. I, I know quite a few guys at Tech and um, that are playing. They show me love and respect. Um, it's a different ball game, as Emo mentioned. It's a different time. You know, I, the offense, the money involved, NIL, but it's still at the essence sports competition and effort and, and, and high football IQ. Ben, if you were, and, and I'm sure this will actually happen one day because Pride's making an effort to get us all back. If you were talking to the guys this weekend, you know, we none of us were ever two and eight, whatever. But if you were there, you know, this weekend in the locker room, and what would you say? I'll start with you, um, Ben, first. What would you tell the defense? You know, like, you know, what would you do? Because I get, that's tough, you know. But, right. again, what would you say? Well, I mean, there's always, you know, you got to play with passion. And that was what, you know, play with great emotion. And that was a staple of Coach Foster no matter where you were and what you did. But one thing that I've kind of got, you know, I'm, I'm coaching, I've coached, I coached college football for six years. Uh, I've coached in middle school. I've coached flag football. I'm kind of doing. That's right. Things. I apologize. You have been coached. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kind, of been, so I've kind of been in the game a little bit, but, you know, probably one of the most powerful things that I have talked about, and if you're looking at it in a little bit bigger picture instead of just looking at records is, you know, don't play for yourself. you got to play for for something else, somebody, someone, something, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a teammate, but, you know, play for, you know, maybe you have somebody in your family that has cancer and then let them know that you're playing for them. So you're not, you know, cause you'll let yourself down. I feel like a lot of times, you know, it, it'll slide, but when you can play and you know, you're playing for somebody else, uh, it gives you a greater purpose and a greater reason. And so, that's kind of one of the things I've hung on to the last couple of years. It can't be about you. You know, it's that big picture. Don't make it about you. Don't be selfish. Yeah. You know, make it about someone else and play for each other. Whoever it is, a brother, a friend, your mother, you know, some people have had some, some tough, some tough lives to get where they are. And, and I think it's great to let those people know as well that you're playing for them and they can see that on TV and how you play in your effort. So. Great answer. I feel you on that, man. Just like yeah. a coach. You sound like Foster. Man, I was about to say, man, you know, if I wasn't caught up in this situation, we're going to have to hire Ben in a couple yeah, of years. Yo, Ben, yeah, no doubt. I love I'm sitting here getting a little I'm chill. I'm thinking about yeah. what I used to play for. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm going to actually use that. Uh, I'm letting I used to, everybody know I used why. To play with, 
I used to play with big dollar signs in my head. Like, yeah. some got to motivate you. Yeah. Some got to motivate you. Like, I, I want to give my mom a cop. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's something. actually true, though. No, that's true. Emo, yeah. what, what's your two cents on the dollar that uh, uh, Ben just dropped, man? What, what would you say to the youngest? Man, I, I mean, I don't know what the morale is. You know what I mean? When you got a record like what we have right now, you know what I mean? It's not good, obviously. Um, so I like I, I got I feel like maybe and I don't know if they've already done this, but it's almost like do you try and like restore the pride and like kind of start to show them like who we were and the things that we've done before before this, right? Like you can I take you down a trip down memory lane of Bud Foster's defense is just crunching cats just over and over and over again. Um, those videos still now just give me the chills like when I watch them like little like little quick promo videos of them defenses that we had. Uh, same thing, like on the offensive side of the ball, just us beating people up. Like I'm, 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 I'm letting you know, like there's guys that were here before you. There's people that love you. You know what I mean? There's people that this means a lot to. And and and, you know, go out there and play with some pride. Yeah, and you know, you write emo too because, I mean, when even when I'm asked now, twenty years later. I don't ever remember, especially when we went live back when, you know, now, you know, they don't go full pads all the time, practice like quick, quick. But I never in my five years at Tech ever had an easy practice, except for maybe Thursday. Yeah. Helm. Bud Foster's, not even Bud. And, and, and I didn't Charlie practice Wilder. Monday through Wednesday, though. I was coming back on like Thursday. I didn't want nothing yeah, to do see, with you practice. You, 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 uh, you were smart. You were like Vegas. I didn't want nothing to do with you Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> I didn't have that luxury because Coach Grimes and Coach Dodge <laughs> won't let me, even when I was a backup. And and, and those guys, the practices, the defense, the, the front, it was never a drill when we were like, oh, yeah, this is chill. And and, I, and, and and that's just to your point, Emo, how the game has changed. Like, I just remember, like, man, like, it's Tuesday, Wednesday. It's hard. It was hard. Well, every day was a dog fight. It was hard, man. Yeah. Like, real talk. Absolutely. Like, I don't – you know what I'm saying? Like, my son but is – iron, sharp, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. No, you're right. You're right. You know um, you know what I learned? You know what I learned in doing my tenure – and playing with playing watching you Dwight and 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 playing with you Ben, you know it became a, a thing for me. Like I don't know where it came from, but I was so afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to not do my job, and and for them everybody to look at me and say oh, he's not doing it right. Or he's uh, my my fear of failure. What about greatness? It brought out it brought out the best of me. I won't even say greatness because I don't even know what that's supposed to look like. But it, it, it brought out the best in me, right. and, and I think we all had some of that to to a certain degree. And I think that's got to be a message, especially a coaching message, man. You probably already told that to your boys. <laughs> you got to be afraid to fail. Yes. You got to be afraid to fail. You got to be afraid. It's got to it's got to it's got to be something to haunt you at night. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it was funny that, you know, I've coached middle school and and there was a kid, I, I, I seventh, it's a seventh, eighth grade middle school team. And I was pulling him up and, you know, maybe it wasn't appropriate, but he, you know, he was like kind of shaking, like scared. I was like, you're going to go in the game. He's like, okay. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're right. He's like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to make a mistake. And I kind of look at him. I'm like, you know, F it. So what? And the relief that he had on his face, you know, seventh grade, he never heard coach, you know, he's probably heard coach speak. And he's like, yeah. Oh, all right. Thank you. You know, right. and go play, man. 
just go play and put you know push yourself you know and just go have fun with it yeah you know that's that's actually a great point man because even when i look at the current state of affairs at tech and even uh the last few years of fuente's era i felt like sometimes on both offense and defense they weren't playing so much with confidence there were certain players that did yeah. but as a unit like they were hesitant even like and this is not about back in my day, we were so much better. I'm talking about swag and confidence in general, whether it's back in the day or today's game. When I see the teams that make plays and and, and make game-winning plays or a difference between winning and losing, it's the confidence they play with. Yeah. Like, I That's reflected it. on, you know, when I went, my <laughs> wife and I, our family, we drove to Philly to see you guys play Temple. Um, Temple was a thorn in our side. You oh, know, yeah. in the big, they were they beat me my senior year. They were a thorn, but even that year when y'all eventually played for the national championship, that first half it was close. And yeah. you know, Ben, you made that play. Larry Austin got the pick. Mike ended up getting a big run. Sharon, Andre Davis caught a big. It was like like you said, Chad Beasley made a play. Whether it was batting the ball down, I think it's when you to your point, Ben. You can elaborate a little bit more. That that mindset, that effort of like, let me just go. Intelligent recklessness, like Beamer said, you know, yeah, controlled recklessness, and and, and yeah. knowing, you know, you got to take risks. You have to take risks. There's payoffs, and then there's, you know, then you don't get it sometimes, but you've got to do it at some point. And building that confidence and doing it in practice is a lot of times. I mean, that's you do it in practice, and that's what you were talking about earlier. You know, hard practices, man, brutal. And and we did that same schedule. It did not deviate. I mean, we had that same oh, schedule for my four years. I mean, I could probably go through and tell you exact, that exact schedule. It did not change. And, Mike, yeah. I'm sure it was the same for you, you too, yeah. uh, you know, after we left because, uh, you know, it was – and it was it was tough, man. It was tough. And so – But let me tell you that – but let me – at the same time, while it was tough, wasn't it fun, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. So much oh, yeah, fun. No. It was fun. Like, it was, it was so fun. much fun. Like, you were going back to the locker room. You are going to be talking with your teammate, whoever it was. And y'all was going to go back and forth. Like, the competitive atmosphere was so fun. And I think – That's a great as, point. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think, I think you know, you got to realize, like, man, you are playing a child's game. You know what I mean? And that you can't do it forever. Like, and that swag that you want, that you need to instill, like, that happens in practice, having fun. You're not acting like robots. You see what yeah, I'm saying? That's, that's you know, like, Emo. That's that's a great point. That's a great point because I remember once I knew what I was doing after my sophomore year. Yeah, I was I would be going back and forth with Engelberger yeah, and all those guys. Corey, yeah, my, yeah. I, I, we, that was yeah, your confidence. Yeah, yeah, that was your yeah. confidence. So, but it starts in practice, though, and you know what I mean. It starts yeah. in practice, and again, I I don't want to speak on it because I haven't seen what practices look like. You know what I mean? Um, but. Like I think that that confidence that you need and that swagger is built privately, yeah, and then right. it just comes out and yep. shows naturally on Saturdays. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you know? So emo, I know you were up here in the seven hundred three, and I know you mentioned that you know you weren't the best out of those guys, Lee Suggs and KJ and all that. But I, I know you on the humble pie tip. But I'm gonna ask you this question, and Ben, I want you to answer this as well. At the same time, you still were a dog like you still made plays in the in the cat in the receiving game and you know returning kicks and also you and you and Humes y'all were difference makers man we talk a lot about especially on Twitter you hear you know in in the hip-hop culture on sports you know he's got that dog in him and oh you know he's ready for the smoke you know I, I hear these kids and 
even when I see Mike on television with him and uh, Woodson talking about that dog mentality, you and Ben both had it. So, Emo, I ask you this, and then Ben, you can chime in. Where do you get? Where'd you get your dog from? You know, I mean, I live in Northern Virginia now. Your son is a dog, you know, and that's a compliment. But where'd you get that dog in you? Was it it was it something in the youth league? Something you saw? Did you, you know? Did you get humbled one day and said never again? You know, when did that happen for you? I mean, I so I'm the youngest of three, three boys, you know, and um, like I see what they would do, right? And and they were playing football as well, and like this, I just like I knew that was something. I think I swear to you, it's like there's something just inside of some people. Maybe and I was one of them. Like there's just competitive. Every inch of me is competitive, and um, I just wanted to be better than everyone else from a very young age. And 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 whatever I was doing, so I would work at it and I work hard at it. So it was it for me. That was something. That dog is just something that some people I think got and some people don't. And you you got me growing up with with you know immigrant parents, not with much. We lived in Northern Virginia, but we were like the poor kids in the rich neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um, and, you know, and I thought to myself like this was it. Like this is the way to get successful and. The only way to do it is by by scoring four or five touchdowns today. So that's what you need to go do. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, an animal was built in that in essence. Yes, sir. But Mike, yeah. you, I mean, Mike, you you all the thing is, you know, maybe small in stature, but you were always breaking tackles. I mean, that's that's the energy. Yeah. That's the energy that we had. I mean, you would break tackles left, right, and just keep on going. And I think that's you know maybe you don't see that as much. I don't know. You, I'm not seeing it right now. That extra you know, that power that we're, you know, whatever it is, I'm not seeing that essentially. I mean, I see it in maybe some young guys. I do like the Kelly Lawson kid. He's from up around our way. Big long yes. kid. Yeah, he's like 21. wide receiver. You know, yes. he's playing linebacker for the first time, but he's like 6'5", and, 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 I mean, he's trying to get after it. So, there, I see there's spurts, but, you know, mine kind of pro probably came from my dad. My dad was uh, – he was old school, hardcore. He worked in the coal mines for, mm. you know – 15 years and hated every second of it, but he did it because, you know, for his family, uh, eventually got out, but he was, he was uber competitive. And I remember one time I got second place in something and got a trophy. He said, you're going to keep that thing. And, you know, and so, I mean, you know, and I'm right now I'm trying to balance that type of competitive nature with being a father myself, you know, push my own kids and having father myself. It's, it's hard, you know, I'm trying to do that balance. You know, I think I still do it, but I tell my kids how much I love them, which I don't think that ever happened uh, a lot with my dad. So I'm always telling them I love them, but I'm always trying to chew them out, too. So it's, you know, it's that balance that we're trying to play as fathers all the time. So, yeah, it is. It is a balance, man. And, you know, I, I hate when people say these kids are different. But to Emo's point, no matter what era of football, basketball, whatever sport, there is a difference when it comes to people that have it in them. And I, I just think. You know, there may be coming a moment in your life when you get it, but some people, some players never have it. And you can't manufacture toughness. Um, and I, and for all of us that have sons and daughters that are athletes, or even just raising kids, it's a fine line between helping them be self-sufficient and disciplined and then knowing when to back off and knowing when to push them. And, um, you know, I think that's just also a skill set from a parental standpoint of, like, knowing when to push your kid, especially if you're coaching. Like, if you coach these young kids now – you know, it's, it's just a different time. I mean, I remember when I played high school football, I coached coach 50 years. Mike Smith was was just flat out crazy. 
Like we asked, <laughs> we asked, we asked for water one time, and he made us crab the whole field for like five, ten minutes, like a hundred <laughs> yards. But now you have days where they have a cold red and orange. But you know, I, I, I'm glad you guys spoke in that because I think that phrase is used so much. You know, he's got to be a dog, and some guys just don't have it, man. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ben. I like that Lawson kid a lot. He had, a, he was the kid that had that play against Georgia Tech, right? With the interception. He was the one that had that play against Georgia Tech with the interception, number 21, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, the linebacker, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. so yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but we going to say something, email before we jump Yeah, I want to ask a question because, oh, I mean, we got a bunch of fathers here as well, right? Like, how do y'all balance that that fine line of, of exactly what we were just talking about, right? Because, like, my kids aren't growing up the same way I grew up, and that's just the reality of it, right? And I can't change that, and I wouldn't want to change that. Um, but at the same time, I have to kind of, you know, how do you guys walk that tightrope of, of letting them be and, 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 and give them that push at the same time from, from you guys being great athletes. I mean, great players. Yeah. I, I just say this in the show. I, I know where I, where I come from and I know they live a different life, but sometimes that got to come out in the household. And okay. I gotta let them know. I gotta ramp. I gotta ramp it up a little bit. I gotta, and you know my, my yeah. daughter. She always is like, "Yo, you always think you're you playing quarterback around here. You always trying to run a play. You always trying to put things together." Yes, that's my job. Until you turn eighteen, until you're out of here. I'm gonna be calling the plays in this huddle in this house. Yeah, I'm with him. On I'm one, him. ready, break. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know. My kids looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, see it now. Yo, yeah, I know for somewhere. for me, emo. My three kids are all athletes. My youngest is a track track uh, track standout, and uh, she's in middle school. Um, she did really good. Um, you know, this past season, my son, my only son, my middle child, six six hooper. So he's in a whole different sport. Ooh. And I, I, um, he's getting interest from D one schools, and um. He's they're getting oh, ready to start basketball. I love he just won a dunk contest for the second year. I mean, he's, he might, yeah, he might end up being like six eight. Like so you don't count on Mr. White, man. You got kids that you can sit back and just you no, know, no, no, no. But that question still applies. Even my oldest daughter was a standout volleyball player. I think this is a great topic you know, that we could touch on as we as we even went, we're talking as as brothers outside of this podcast because it is a good discussion to have because. I, as I coached my son for several years before I took a step back, I realized, like, as Ben said, you have to always evaluate yourself. And mm. sometimes I got to challenge him and check him to teach him how to be a man. But then sometimes I got to take a step back and let him learn how to make decisions right. and learn from his mistakes and also learn from his good decisions. And once he got to a point kind of around eighth and ninth grade, I took a step back and let his coach and other people around me in my village talk to him yeah. because they get tired of your voice and plus yeah. you're their father they need to hear from other people they right. need to hear from other men which is important whether you have a son or a daughter get them around other not just talented people but insightful coaches and men and women that know what yep. they're talking about and that they respect because like you know I played in the late 90s so like me and my son always argue anyway about Curry versus Iverson or um, Mike versus Lamar Jackson. And, you know, he loves all those guys, but in his generation. So I'm like, you know what? Let's, because I say something to him and he hears it from his coach. 
and it resonates with them when right. I said the same thing. So right. it's just that. Always know, that yeah, yep. but you know, Ben, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Emo's question? I tell you what, it's it, that's exactly. I, it's a struggle. I should shouldn't say struggle because it, those decisions are being made every day, and, and having four boys as well, I I probably put some pressure on myself Ooh. because I'm like you know, and probably I put the most pressure on my oldest. And as you know, as you go down, because I'm I'm at six, uh, 15, 13, 9, and four. So I mean, there's a there's a big range there, and I'm, right. you know, you obviously just like when you're teaching a lesson, you know, the first one is going to be rough, but by that you know, the third or fourth lesson, you kind of got your routine. Um, but I, I think I read, and I've done a little bit of research because I've read about like the Clay Matthews, you know, their dad and how they raised yeah. him and stuff like that. And, yeah. and he always said, you know, he didn't push him too hard, but he would say, you know, I always told him they were my favorite. I told each one they were my favorite, but I never told him. It, you know, so I think it comes back to love, you know, you know, for me, that's what I've kind of come back to. I, I can still be hard. But then I'm, I'm much, uh, I guess, softer than maybe my dad was uh, at, at different points and talking right. to them, you know, every yeah. night, whatever it is. And so I'm, you know, dog them, you know, if they're not doing what they're supposed to, wear them out. But then I'm always <laughs> going to come back and tell them I love them and say maybe why I did this. That, that's no doubt. No I doubt. Like it. And, I, yeah, and, and what it comes down to is they might not always like your ways, but they're definitely going to love the results. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just say this. I'm glad we're having this conversation too because I ran it. I was out with my son, and he was having a birthday extravaganza yesterday. It was at like a carnival, and the, the psychic, no, real story, ran up and caught me. Real story. She wanted to give me a read. we talking, and she's telling me some things very intriguing. She told me one thing. She said that the lack of you know, love that you got from your father, from your father, the lack of attention really hurts you in a lot of ways in your life. And I always told myself, I'm not going to be that type of person towards, you know, I'm going to try to spread that love amongst my kids. So yeah. even though I want to be hard, I still want to be like yeah. the loving, tender person right. that they can you know, always feel comfortable talking to. And, and she told me that that affected me still in my life. It affects me to this day. And she was true. So yeah, I mean. No, that's yeah. real. We are we, we no. doing a great deed right now. Absolutely. That's real. Yeah. That's real, actually. That's actually Space very real. For sure. It was wild. Nah, nah. Nah, it was no, wild. yeah. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you got me thinking of me. That's that's real. But, yeah. no, shout out to all you guys, man. And shout out to all the fathers out there, man. Because, you know, yes, we, we know it's it's a lot of – there's a misconception that it's not a lot of us out there, but it is. We got four on here right now. You guys are great fathers. Yeah. And then I see y'all doing it all the time. Ben, I saw Ben up in um, Sky Zone in Manassas a few years ago. And, I mean, his sons were in there tearing that place up. But in a good way. Yeah, I was like, oh, he, yeah. got four, he, he got four linebackers on deck right now. Uh, man. Like, all gas, no breaks, man. Man. All gas, no breaks. Yeah. But we are in the part of the show that everyone loves. We are now into Hokey Trivia. So this is a very popular segment. We know we're almost done with our show. But um, this segment is sponsored by Alexandra Restaurant Partners. Alexandra Restaurant Partners uh, was founded in 2015, 16, and 18. Uh, with one goal in mind, to be the best in the nation, not the biggest, but by achieving operational excellence, leading with integrity and being transparent, man. Make sure you check out Alexandria Restaurant Partners at www.alexandriarestaurantpartners.com and learn about careers, private events, and sign up for future offers. They have restaurants in the Orlando area and in the Washington, D.C. area to include the Majestics, Colette 22, Aiders on the River, and Joe Theismann's restaurants. Um, so, gentlemen, 
We have four questions I'm going to ask each one of you. Each one of you will get the same question. A disclaimer, um, we had one fan that followed us text, uh, tweet me saying they got four out of four, but that's what he told me. But we've had oh, some of the sick. best. <laughs> so we had some of the best players and, and, and guys on this show in the Virginia Tech history from Andre Davis to Antonio Freeman to Chris Ellis, D'Angelo Hall, Todd Washington, and the list goes on and on. And no one's ever gotten four out of four. We've had three out of four and two out of four. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to ask these questions. Uh, ben, I will start with you first, then Emo, then Mike. So the first one, this is a tricky one. Which Virginia Tech punt returner holds the game record for the most return yardage in a single game with a total of 188 yards? So this is like in one game. They had one. This is a record, a single game record, 188 yards. Is it A, Ricky Hall, B, Antonio Freeman, C, Tucker Holloway, or D, Damon Hazelton? In one game. In one game, total yards. I know Tucker just broke some record, but I don't know if it was the longest or if it was total yardage. Oh, man. I'm I know Ricky Hall. Ricky Hall. I'm gonna say Ricky Hall. So y'all saying Ricky Hall? Mike Hall as well. Juice. Okay. Um. So you're going Ricky Hall as well. So you guys, then you talked yourself out the answer. The answer is actually Tucker Holloway. Oh, he just oh. he just he just broke the record. He has the longest punt return now. Uh, as of a few weeks ago against Georgia Tech, he had the 90 yard punt return. Right. And that punt return, along with a few other ones that day, gave him the record with 188 yards against Georgia Tech. Wow. Um, so you had it. And we mentioned Tucker Holloway early in the show. So, again, your first gut is usually the right gut. That's why I told Whose you. Whose record that. did he beat? Um, I think it was um, – I don't have it in front of me. And I did these uh, questions last week. So <laughs> um, I know yeah, – I'm usually good at that. That's actually so – It wasn't, it wasn't written – no, nah, it wasn't Rick. Ricky's okay. up there, though. All right. It wasn't Ricky. Ricky right. was up there. Um, all right. All right. Let's see if y'all get this one. Which Virginia Tech offensive player holds the season record for the most yards per play with 9.3 yards, a 9.3 yard average? So this player holds the record. Golly. Um, we had 9.3, right? This is a season record. Okay. Is it Kevin Jones? Is it B? Mike Vick, C, Hendon Hooker, or D, David Wilson? Hey, Kevin Jones. You saying A, Kevin Jones. Mike's saying Kevin, Kevin Jones. Jones. All right. Um, ben? David Wilson was pretty explosive. David right, Wilson. Steve. Well, I mean, it's got to be – you got to think. But I'm like, Mike, you would have had to know if it was you. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about explosive players. Because that's, right. that's what I want to say. I want to go with Mike on that one, but but uh, all these are tricky. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to go with Mike on that one. That's what my gut tells me. I'm going Mike. I'm going nine, I mean, nine yards per carry. Nine point three. So you both are changing your answer to Mike. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going okay. Mike, the man. Okay. You, you, where are you going? You going Mike emo? It can't be Mike though. He would know. No, nah, I don't, don't know. know. He's he, he just be pulling these out of nowhere. Yeah, listen, I am the trivia king, boy. I don't so know what you're doing. I, I'm, I'm doing? Guessing. I want to say that? me, but I know Kevin Jones was a monster. Nine yards per toad is a lot. 
Everybody on this list is a monster. Um, is it nine yards? So it's nine yards per rush, nine yards per play. Nine, per play. Listen, come on, Ben. You're trying these Jedi mind tricks on me. 9.3 average. It's Not a 9.3 up. All right, so who we saying? Y'all, Mike is saying. I'm going to say me. Yeah, I'm on Mike. Yeah. All right, Mike. So the answer is Mike. <laughs> yeah. Mike. I don't overthink it. I don't overthink it. Hey, listen, KJ, KJ was something special. I'm trying to tell you. David Wilson also something out of this world. Mike had the season, Mike had the season record, but that's not actually the career record. I forgot who has the the career record was a yard or two. It was like 10 yard. It was crazy, but Nice. Mike is definitely the, has that well, record. Probably would have been higher if he jump over and flip and sprain every ankle every other game. <laughs> I mean, how many flips you got to do and how many ankles you got to sprain? I mean, he probably would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, hey, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike inspired. He inspired Willie Beeman. Man, they said you know they did that out there. They said that movie any given right. Sunday. They was like, yo, that had to come because you did it against JMU and the movie came out. Yeah, well, yeah. I tell yeah, you what, yeah. that average would have been higher if we didn't try and run the option versus Miami when they were number two in the country and Mike had a bum leg. Right? Exactly. Speed option. Oh, speak exactly. on it, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Speak speed option at that. I hope Coach speed speed option, right. I, but really? it, I did have daylight. It, I mean, the, the the Red Sea party. I tried to yeah. step on it. <laughs> you know what? To this day, to this day, what could have been? Because you were banged up and Dre was banged up. Um, and y'all had owned Miami. We had owned Miami leading up to that game, man. But what could have been? All right, man. You guys got that one. Like Ben said, don't overthink it. Here we go. Question number three. Which VT QB holds the record? For most passing attempts in the game with 56 attempts, um, this is the record for most in the game. Is it A, Michael Brewer, B, Ryan Willis, C, Sean Glennon, or D, Don Strop? This is the record for most passing attempts. So let me know who the names again. It's got to be one of the newer guys. We wasn't throwing the ball that many times. <laughs> There's no way it was going up 50 times in the game. Oh no, Don Strzok. Don Strzok was that dude. I'm going D. Don Strzok. Don Strzok. Don Strzok. He could sling okay. it. Yeah, he he's on a lot of these records, but um, who's A? Who's A and who's B? A was Michael Brewer. B was Ryan Willis. C. Sean Glennon. It's one of the two and of them. D. Don Strzok. All right. I'm going with Brewer since he beat Ohio State. Uh, he slung it around. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go with that as well. Okay, you guys are correct. Michael Boom. Brewer. He okay. was 30 okay. of 56 against East Carolina, September 13th of 2014. Hold on, before my answer, and Ben, you are correct. That was not the Ohio State game, but it was the game afterwards. After, guys. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, we lost that game. But they end up being down 21. Brewer brought him back, tied at 21. The East Carolina won, I think, 28-21 in Lane State. Was the quarterback Gardner Minshew for East Carolina and then he transferred out? I think it was Gardner. You, you testing my memory now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Now, Mike, Emo was asking you the most attempts that you had at Tech. Uh, Do you remember that? The most in the like, game, probably 26, 27. I, we didn't throw it that That's much. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's high. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that was probably that the most. I think that was the Sugar Bowl, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy, man. Mike finished third, and the Heisman probably should have won it. Um, That was a great year with Ron Dane and Hamilton. But 
I was looking back. I, 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 you know, I'm a historian. I go back and watch all these things on YouTube on my DVR. And I'm like, yo, Mike, you know, in the first part of that season was more of a game manager, random ball. And then he exploded. But we did not pass a lot. Like, my son trips out because he was like, bro, it's 36. Hey, hey, it was running the ball. <laughs> it was so crazy. You know what's so crazy? I ran. I led the nation in passing efficiency, so I didn't throw a lot of incomplete passes. <laughs> so that was the one thing they looked at, like, oh, oh. I mean, I led the country in passing efficiency, so yeah, yeah. we yeah, ain't throw it a lot, but when I did, we did I not throw it a lot. <laughs> but that, that book was that book was that book was. We didn't throw it. I mean, a lot. I had Lee Suggs and Chabron. I mean, what, I get what it. I get yeah, it. What's gonna do? Me, Lee Suggs, it. and Chabron. That's. I mean, yeah. that's three thousand yards rushing right there. No, well, I'll tell you, here's a quick story about my like I think we were in Sugar Bowl practice, and this is when like kind of the Clemson Revolution, the zone read, and all this kind of stuff was coming up. And I remember in practice they said they were gonna um, you know, or not said, but they, they put it into the practice plan, a play of the zone read, right? And I was coming off the edge, and I think it was it was uh Chiron, and you did the zone read with Chiron. And I yeah, this first time I'd seen the zone read, and yeah. he pulled it and he was gone. Mike was gone. I didn't know what happened yeah. to him. I mean, he was gone like that. And, and, you know, we I think you were out the gate. It, it was in practice at one point. I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but it, I think you were just experimenting with it. And, I mean, right. it was like, what just happened? What, what right. just happened? And, I mean, you think if you had been in that type of zone. I, think it office, been. I mean, 99. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been 11 go. yards per play. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> I, I remember, because we only got one trivia question. Ben, you got my mind spinning, because I remember when Chip Kelly came through. And you saw flashes of, of when he was with Andy, but then when Chip Kelly came with that that tempo and um, yeah. you know just the offense, and I was thinking to myself, man, if Cuz had played during the era with the Oregon and all of that, the tempo, man, unfair. it was crazy. crazy. I mean, we, we kind of yeah, we kind of see it now with Lamar and these other guys, but yeah. Ben, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, yeah. but anyway, all right, let's see if I can finish on a strong note. Which Virginia Tech kick returner holds the career record for best kick return average with a 26.9 yards per return? So this Man. is 26. Yeah, I know, right? You think about that. Is it Darrell Roberts, Demetrius Knowles, Eddie Hunter, or Khalil Herbert? All kick returners, by the way. No tricks. Hey, Demetrius Knowles. Okay. Mike's going Demetrius. Emo, Ben, what y'all got? Uh, Khalil was pretty good. I know that he had several. I mean, he's doing it right now with Chicago. I'm going uh, with Khalil. I, I like Khalil. I, I like him as well. So is that what you're going with, Ben? Yes, I'm going with Khalil. And you both, Emo, again, y'all had a good showing. Y'all yeah, look so correct. Y'all did, did really good. I should have said Tucker Holloway. <laughs> y'all did really good. Y'all had three out of four. Y'all killed it. Y'all good, y'all Y'all join Chris Ellis and Cornell Brown as some of the few guys we've had on this guy. Oh, we had to beat those guys. Yeah, <laughs> join them. They got three out of four. But you know what's crazy, man, is um, Ben, you talked yourself out of Tucker Holloway, yeah, man. man. Yeah, like man, no, no, no. Uh, that was fun, man. Great job by you both. So this is the end of the show where we um spend the last moments of the show showing love to Hokie Nation, to Hokies in general. This is the whole segment we do the Hokie shout-out. So um, ben and Emo, all four of us will give a few minutes, you know, to shout out a coach, a player, someone that influenced you, a professor, someone you may have read about in the news. Uh, they just have to be a Hokie, somebody 
um, that you want to show love to um, or just, you know, shout them out. Um, this is a good segment because we just want to make sure as the kids, as the people say now, give people their flowers while they're here or if they're gone, either way, we just want to make sure we show them love. So, um, Emo, who do you have in mind that you want to give a hokey shout out to? Man, I got to give a shout out to Coach Height, man. Got to mm. give a shout out to Coach Height. Um, you know, I saw Coach Height probably about maybe it was like two years I came back for a golf tournament. Um, and I think they were getting ready to move. And um, but like, you know, what is, what, a, what a great coach, great man, great father, um, knew how to get it out of us. Right. He knew mm -hmm. the bright buttons to push um, and which buttons not to push as well. Mm. And and, and um, I just really wish him all the well and his family all the well. You know, it's tough. We don't always get a chance to reach out and talk to people, like you said, and give them their flowers. But, um, you know, you know, I, I hope Billy's doing all right. And uh, I always hope he's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben, before you go, I had I, I ran into Billy Height. I was in I Blacksburg for the spring Hyatt. game. And um, he was uh, he was doing well and he was happy. He was a lot around the former players and um, just really, really in good spirits. His wife was there and he's still sharp as a tack, man. He's a great man. <laughs> and um, he was he was definitely influential um, in a big part of what Virginia Tech football became. He was Beamer's right hand man. And Oh, it's huge, um, man. Yeah, he was huge. He was huge. That's great. And like I said, you know, he anchored like 20 years of this absolute stallion is what we were called. And, you know, he did an amazing job. Like, he mm -hmm. really did. He really did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ben, who, uh, who do you have? Uh, I tell you what, I probably got two guys, and and we all know these guys. And uh, Coach John Boleyn, you know, being, you, you know, truly, you know, he was always the guy behind the curtain. Uh, looking out for people and, and trying to take care of people. Uh, just just an awesome individual. Now his daughter is at Tech, so I love seeing that. You know, she's in, in uh, the recruiting department, I believe. Um, but John Blinn was just phenomenal. And then a guy that, uh, you know, Mike can attest to is Coach Cav. Coach Cav. Mm. You know. yeah. Coach Cav, I mean, you know, he, he, was a, he was hard, but, I mean, he knew when to kind of let it go. And, you know, I he coached me for – so I had Coach Foster for – for three years, but the year we went to the national championship, I had Coach Cav because I played weak safety that year, and uh, sitting in his room and just you know he was very detailed. He was old school, but you know he just had a way about himself and how to talk to people. And, and you talk about somebody who was instrumental as well. I mean, those guys, Coach Height, no question, but Coach Cav getting you, Mike, and uh, you know really that seven five seven. I mean, those connections that he made in that whole area and. Uh, you know, he just just a great guy, just an awesome individual. So those those are two that are kind of maybe unsung kind of guys that didn't get a lot of hype. Great, great shout outs, Coach Cav. Yeah. Coach Cav, phenomenal dude, man. Coach Cav was amazing. He recruited me, came down into my area. Him and Coach Beamer, eight o'clock at night, always tell a story. Came into the came into the hood, man. They came into the hood <laughs> at eight thirty at night, man, with suits on. <laughs> Recruiting, and uh, that was that was amazing. My hokey shout out is uh is Maurice Deshaies. So I'm taking it back. Maurice <laughs> was um you know one of the quarterbacks in the early '90s uh, for Virginia Tech, who I feel like paved the way. Great human yeah, being, uh, very humble, uh, and uh, always got a smile on his face, and, and really was one of the guys who I looked at, even though I didn't know where Virginia Tech was or you know what 
you know, they ranked in, in college football at the time. I was just watching VTech and I seen uh, a quarterback with number 12 on playing really hard, man. They putting in that work and uh, I got a chance to meet him on a personal level. He, he lives in the 757 area and uh, just a great human being. So he was one of the guys I, you know, when I went to Virginia Tech, I knew I had big shoes to feel coming behind him, Jim, Jim Drunkenmiller, and Al Clark. Great, great shout out. Yeah, Maurice was, he was another guy that would have benefited like you, Mike, in the modern era of college yeah. football. He was kind of ahead of his time because he was definitely a dual threat. And he had that great season that started the bowl streak. And the following year was my redshirt year. And he was a dark horse candidate for the Heisman. Um, yeah. And we went a change in coordinators, you know, and that, that always affects people. You said it around the country um, every year on all levels. And um, we went from um, Coach Bustle to Coach uh, Gary Tranquil, who was a great, great offensive mind. He was coming from the pros. And we struggled that year to kind of put it all together. We still had a great season. We finished second in the Big East. But Maurice um, didn't have the year he had his junior year. But he still left as a, a tech great. And great shout-outs for all you guys. And I'll just end this segment with two shout-outs. One, I want to give a shout-out to somebody that we always – remember but we sometimes don't mention him because um it was back as Virginia Tech was ascending and that's the great AD and Jim Weaver um I was a redshirt junior when Jim Weaver came from University of Florida and Penn State and he he addressed the team I will never forget he told us you guys are not ready to play for a national championship but I will eventually make sure we eventually do and we were all like yo who's this dude coming in here and he yeah. was very straightforward and honest he said the facilities were not up to par, but he came from a big program and he told us that this team will play for one. And that was in 97. And then you think about it, two years later, you saw the buildings getting built. And then the next thing you know, Ben, Mike, you guys took us to a national championship game. So Jim Weaver also was a big and along with those guys at Tech getting us into um, the ACC. And, and he had a great tenure as an AD. And um, he passed away um, a few years ago, man, but I will never forget Jim Weaver. Even when he was sick, he, I would see him at Tech when I went up for games, and he would give me a hug, shake my hand, ask how the family was doing. And I just wanted to make sure he was mentioned today in our show because um, he was huge and instrumental in helping us transition as a program. And the other shout I want to give as we wrap up, man, is to um, our fans out there, man, Hokey Nation. Um I swear you hear these guys on shows. They say, oh, we got the best fans. We got the best fans. And I'm telling you right now, yo, Tech fans are still all in. When you have a team that's lost seven straight and they still showing up to jump up and down to the Inter-Sand, man, they traveled to Duke last weekend, um, and they are a fan base that when we get this thing right again, they deserve all the credit because they show up for basketball. They show up for wrestling. They show up for softball. They show up at FedEx. And, and they love this show. They love guys like you guys, Emo and Ben and Mike. They never forget. I was at Tech for the spring game. I took 30-some pictures, signing autographs. I ain't played since DJ Clue was putting out mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? And they still show love. So, Shout out to Hokie Nation for supporting us, man. And sure. Emo and Ben, shout out to you too, man, for joining us, man. I know we had to appreciate you guys being shout flexible. Shout out to both of y'all, man. Two of my appreciate favorite y'all having us, all man. the time. Yeah, appreciate so, y'all having us. Yes, yeah, you. man. Thank you so much, man. And um, you guys keep doing what you're doing as fathers, taking care of your family, keep making a difference. Ben, 
keep coaching, keep leading. Emo, keep doing great things. I called you yesterday. You you sounded professional. You put that professional voice on, and you got to me. What's what's good? So you you co-switched on him, man. Just like you used to shake him in Lane Stadium, man. So thank you, Hokie Nation. Like we say every episode, man, support them Hokies. This may be the last game. Make sure you support UVA and all their efforts to recover from that tragedy. We're praying for them. They are a rival, but they're, they're our brothers off the field. Uh, praying for those families, man. And if you're going to be traveling to Liberty, be safe. If you're watching on TV and you at a bar, drink responsible. Um, and again, thank you guys. Like we say every episode, man. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.